The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to GetRoman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Odds Jam. Odds Jam is the betting tool every sharp better needs, bringing you the latest prices and presenting the best betting opportunities. Dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam. Use promo code SGP and get 5% off SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Odds Jam. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Gomez. Find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez and on Instagram if you want on Hot Rod at, on Sports. Hot Rod on Sports? I don't even know my own Instagram label. That's okay. Good branding, guy. Good branding. It is another episode. Thanks so much for joining us. And I am excited because I am in a room full of Scots today, and that's a beautiful place to be. Uh, I am joined by my good friend and somebody who we've cut our teeth in the world of the XFL and who this guy has gone on to blow up. I got to say it's because of the beard, Scott, because chicks dig the beard. Guys dig the beard. Everybody loves the beard. Uh, Scott Simpson, you know him better on Twitter at NimbleWNumbers. And of course, I have got Scott Reichel. Uh, got that right, right, Scott? Yes? It's okay. Yes. Thumbs up for him. Uh, he is going to be our, I'm dubbing this now. It's not going to be a fact checker anymore. Scott is our first ever quality control officer on the show. He is not only there to catch our mistakes between Scott S and I, uh, but he's going to, he's going to throw in a little bit at the end there to um, take us, uh, take us home. But first of all, Scott, welcome to another uh, uh, podcast of mine. And I'm so stoked to have you on the show, my friend. Rod, this is great because the first podcast I ever was invited on was yours, and it was for the XFL. And, uh, man, I, I can't even imagine now where we've come from and where we've been, how long it's been. And uh, it's like full circle and getting to talk to you again in a new role. And now we're both focusing on the NFL, which we do love. I mean, that's kind of where we, uh, you know, really cut our teeth of loving football. It's not like we just started loving the XFL and then we're like, oh, this thing called the NFL. I'll, I'll check it out. But uh, so I think it's so cool that you've had me on twice now. And I, you, I owe you like I have to I got to figure out when I can have you back on uh, on one of my podcasts i only have like a half dozen of them now so uh this is awesome thank you sir i really appreciate it i feel bad for starting you down the rabbit hole my friend but i'm telling you podcasts were addicting because yes behind baseball scott was the first of uh, the first podcast scott was ever on was my xfl podcast and i remember having him on and he was so so i don't want to say nervous because he you know scott's never nervous but i remember him, him asking me so when we podcast and now look at this guy is the host of everything his beard is synonymous in nfl world and i'm just lucky to have him on again on this show so scott oh man we're colleagues by the way over at the sports gambling network so you know i'm excited to work with you it's it's cool to work with somebody and then go back and then now you're working with somebody again uh and we're both building the same you know quality content and and 
just great stuff over there at the Sports Gambling Network. So please check us out. Don't make me have to bust out. Uh, did you ever know my you're my hero? Because you know. It's going to get that sappy up in this place. I'll sing it. Uh, <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> All right. So listen, if you've listened to this show before, you know the drill, right? We are a three-minute, fast-paced, uh, subject-by-subject, topic-by-topic, hit hard and then get out type of a show. And uh, today's topic, today's overall theme is going to be late-round running backs. Look, you've got decisions to make as yucky as they are from rounds like 11 to 18, 16, however long you go. Uh, you have to make these decisions. And so we are going to try to help you uh, introduce you to some of these names and get you familiar with whether or not you should grab them and uh, what you should be looking at toward the later round of your draft as far as running backs concerned. So Scott and for everybody in the in the uh, house, we are going to go over the rules. So three minutes, right? At the end of three minutes, you are going to at the two minutes and 30 second mark. You're going to hear this. You're not going to hear that music. If your drinking game is drinking, now's the first shot. I want you to know. Okay, you hear the clock. You're going to get all scared. Then at the three-minute mark, you're going to hear. And that means it's time to wrap it up and move to the next topic. So are we clear on the rules, Scott? Uh, yeah, no, I think I, I've got it in, and I'm not drinking. Uh, but I do have a big, huge water bottle for those who can, uh, they can't see at home. But it's a, it's a 64 ounce, or so I'll be drinking water. So if you hear me slurping stuff down, I'm not guzzling alcohol. It's not high school. <laughs> Uh, but it should be. And then Scott at, at the end gets five minutes again to wrap it all up. Tell us where we're wrong and we'll be good to go. So, um, all right, let us start somewhere in this 11th round with a running back that, uh, I know now is, is maybe leaned on more because of what's going on with no quarterback. But, uh, let's take a look first at Latavius Murray. He's lurking around there in the later rounds. I want to know, Scott, how you feel about one Latavius Murray and his situation over there? You know, I, I, I tucked into some of these players because I wanted to kind of look at their overall, the, the macro perspective on them. And not just, you know, the last six games or the last three games, last two games, uh, but, you know, how, how are they doing overall? And, you know, in the last three years, uh, my man Latavius Murray, between Minnesota and New Orleans, he's scoring between 109.9, 110 points in standard, which is pretty low. You know, not the best ever to 113 points. So it's, it's not terrible. You know what I mean? It's not terrible. Uh, PPR, it's a little bit different. PPR, he's not crushing it. He's around 130 to 136. So he's kind of been in the same range the last couple of years. Uh, he's somebody who gets you a couple touchdowns, five or six touchdowns a year. Uh, but he's not going to be blowing the doors off. What you're looking for is those those one or two off games where uh, he's not off, but Alvin Kamara's off, and, and he's not getting the rock down by the goal line. Murray's all of a sudden getting in. He's got you that two-touchdown game that gets you the 20 points you need in that matchup. So I think he's somebody who I, I like. I don't hate him. I think there's other players on the list that we're going to talk about who I think I'd rather have over him uh, when it comes to uh, kind of moving forward, especially with their offense in transition. When, when you knew that offense was helmed by Drew Brees, you are more confident in, in the output of the Saints offense. Now, it's going to be a little bit different under Jameis slash Taysom. I don't know how that's going to play out. And until we do, I think there's going to be kind of variance. And I don't expect a lot from Murray right off the break. So Taysom Winston is not going to be, it's not going to be some hybrid of. <laughs> Taste done. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to. Yeah, half and half that. I, it's just it, who knows what they're going to do. It may be because James got LASIK. It means that he's just going to get the job eventually. And, and his 30 turnovers from a couple years ago, or sorry, 30 interceptions. I don't even know how many fumbles he had that year. Uh, I just know I had him in fantasy 
and he crushed me in the beginning of the season because he threw like five interceptions uh, in a game. Uh, you know, it, it's what he does. It's what he likes to do. And that's the thing about Latavius. Like, you know that he can produce when given the opportunity. We've seen it before. We've, you know, we've had him on rosters when he was flying solo. And when you put him in a backfield with uh, Kamara, then it's tough because he's not just a backup anymore. He's not just a change of pace guy, but he is a number one kind of muddled up in that, in that area of, you know, if he's given more opportunity, maybe he could be a number one somewhere else, but maybe in new Orleans, you do stay away from him kind of in that 11th round range. I don't know. I'm not grabbing him. That's for sure. Yeah. That we time up? Is that it? Nope, no, nope, that, that you still got 18 oh. seconds to go. This is yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I mean, here's the thing: he, he's averaging the last couple of years 9.1, 9.8 fantasy points per per year. I don't think that's going to go up this year, honestly. I mean, I think it probably trends down. You see the trend kind of going down. So if he's under nine, I think I'm going to pass. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then again, that's only because I know Adam doesn't like it when I agree with the, the guests, but I think in this instance, it, it's kind of somewhere where we have to agree. Uh, but let's move on to somebody else who's, again, a lot of these guys in this range are all timeshare guys, right? These are guys that you're going to have to figure out whether or not you want a piece of this offense or not. And Gus Edwards falls squarely into that mix. He is in that 11 to 12 round range, just like Latavius Murray. Um, I'm not sure if I'm bullish on his output, but he is slated to, I guess, be the number one. I know JK Dobbins fans will, will, you know, roast me on this one, but Gus Edwards by all rights and accounts could be that number one in Baltimore. Scott, what do you think? You know, they signed him uh, and they brought him back. I think we didn't really see that coming as a community. I mean, not the fancy world runs anything, but kind of fancy. Like, okay, Dobbins, number one role. He's ascended. Now he's going to, oh, they, they resigned Gus. Oh, well, you know, but I think what you're looking at is a timeshare. I think in the NFL, there is really n- never again are you going to see somebody who maybe Derrick Henry is the only one who can do this, who just gets 375, you know, rushing attempts. I mean, that's insane. That's an insane number. And maybe he's not right there. I'm getting probably fact checked there, but uh, 371 rushing attempts, maybe uh, you're, you're not going to have uh, that. And so teams understand that they need to keep their back alive. And the Ravens wanted to get into the playoffs. and They want to continue uh, going in the playoffs. They want to be able to kind of keep all of their backs healthy. And you saw last year with Ingram, he, he, he just didn't, he never did anything. And so it became the, you know, the Gus bus was started. And so I, you know, I was hesitant to, uh, you know, pick him last year as a target, but he got you 128 points uh, in PPR. And so that's not, that's not terrible. You know, I mean, he got you five rushing touchdowns. Oh, sorry. Six touchdowns. He got you six touchdowns. Uh, the, the, the receptions and the targets, I didn't really like. He only had uh, 13 targets and nine receptions. They really didn't target him out of the backfield a lot. And so if, if that number goes up, I think that he has, he's somebody who I think I'd rather take the upside on than Murray comparing him just to Murray. I think he was somebody who I was alluding to on this list. Uh, Murray's solid. He's going to be more consistent, uh, I think. But I think the upside here uh, with, you know, Gus is just, it's tangible in that offense. I like uh, their, their rushing attack. They figure out how to do their RPO and, and it just, it matters. You know, it, it does matter in giving those uh, space and those lanes for them to run through. So I love it. So are we looking more of a, a late flex, maybe even just a, I don't know, a by ra- a bye week, a fill in for Gus Edwards role. I know we're not taking him as an RB two. That's for sure. 
Oh, no, no. He's a super late round guy. I, I, if you're in the 12th round, 11th round, I do like getting Gus Edwards. I've been doing a lot of best ball right now on underdog, by the way. Uh, I, I'm, I love underdog and uh, I have a different code name, but I'm not going to mention it here. It's a secret. Uh, you'll never know what it is by, by uh, looking at my name or Twitter or nothing. So, um, but it, yeah, uh, I, I like picking him up because I do think there are games he's going to flash. I don't think he's going to be consistent. You're not going to want him in your lineup every week. He's not somebody you're going to pencil and go this is my guy i think gus is going to be jumping up and, and down your your bench really and depending on matchups and then also injury yeah good luck trying to pick the gus edwards breakout game because the second you do jk dobbins comes out and does magical things and all of a sudden gus is by the wayside so um yeah i i think gus edwards is a a hold on to a late round guy if you want a meal ticket later on uh with the uh, i guess you know breakout moves but here's a guy marlon mack that we'll move on to next who uh again is in another situation where he's going to share touches but um there, there's a lot more riding on uh marlon max the guy who's behind than necessarily marlon mack himself so tell me uh scott are you touching marlon mack in some of these later rounds you know, I, I have not. I have no shares of Mac right now, whether it be best ball or kind of any other uh, draft I'm doing. I think the reason is I know that that Frank Reich has, has kind of said he's going to use all three, and and but I just don't see it. I, I've been watching the JT highlights from last year, and man, I'm just so bullish on him. And I know from a fantasy perspective, we can get myopic and not kind of see what a team is trying to do, and, and we want that bell cow, we want that big upside value we're looking for monsters and fantasy that's what we're all doing i think that should be the name of a podcast looking for monsters it's not a serial killer book it's a fantasy football you know podcast so uh i think we all want jt to be that monster and so you know marlon mack is an impediment to that and it's what he is i mean you know the last couple of years before he got hurt 2019 he had uh 247 attempts it's excellent the year before he had 195 attempts and we're talking, you know, the two years he he, he missed out on 2,000 yards combined by a yard. So it's you know, almost 1,000 yards each of the, you know, 2019, 2018 season. And he's scoring up in the, you know, 181, 178 in fancy PPR points. It's a lot of points. You know, you're, you're getting over, you know, 13, 14 points a game. So I think that that's a problem in, in general for that offense, how they're going to use all of them. Honestly, I would like to see Marlon Mack cut in training camp and move somewhere else and maybe – jump on with the team who needs somebody who uh, can catch the ball in the backfield, who can run between the tackles a little bit, but, you know, who, who's better kind of getting to the outside. Uh, and I would like to see, you know, a team that maybe, I don't know, maybe Houston needs another running back. <laughs> I kid. I kid. It's a joke. <laughs> and they're in the division, so that, that'd be terrible. So. So, okay, between Marlon Mack, let's say both, because Gus Edwards and Marlon Mack are almost right around each other as far as ADP right now. Um, if, if those two are sitting there, right, and you kind of waited on running back a lot, let's say you're a zero running back kind of guy, and this is where you're at right around this time, are either one of these guys you people you want to touch? Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I, I don't think... Uh, you know, if it's a if it's a season long best ball tournament or something like that, yeah, uh, I might be touching them. But uh, I think I'd rather have for upside like Naeem Hines, even in the same backfield. I think I'd rather have him than Marlon Mack, and he's kind of right around that position as well. So I, I think it'd be Hines for me out of the situation. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm choosing between Marlon Mack, I mean that that's one of those situations where I'm kind of in uh, in a situation in a league that I'm drafting. I'm I'm in that late round, and I got to figure out whether or not I want to go one of these or just go a receiver altogether. 
Um, yeah. because you know, maybe I just want to skip the, the running back at this position. Cause I don't like what's, what's there. Speaking of not liking what's there, uh, Philadelphia, uh, do they like what's there? I don't know that anybody kind of likes what's in Philadelphia, uh, other than Philly fans. And I'm sorry to all the Philly fans out there that I've offended. Uh, but this, this man right here is one of the guys that came in and is going to, I, is he going to muck up the waters? I don't know, but he's being drafted a little higher than I kind of feel comfortable with taking him. Uh, and that's Kenneth Gainwell, who figures to be a thorn in the side of Miles Sanders and the likes. So, Scott, what are you feeling there? Well, what, what, what about Jordan Howard? He, he was resigned as well. I, I, oh, my I God, that guy. You know, I know. Uh, no, you know what? I, I don't see it as being as big of an impediment as. Uh, Miles Sanders was to Jordan Howard the, the first year he was there, kind of you know taking over at the end of the season, anything like that. I think he's there to to spell and to get relief. I, I looked up my guy, you know Boston Scott, who was the backup there, and I'm I, I uh, oh I don't uh, no no it's not good. Uh, the the yards per attempt aren't good. Uh, you know just just in general he's not good. Uh, I know he's fast. He can get outside sometimes. He's not a good player. I think they get, they need Gainwell. They need him to be able to establish the run, as they like to say. Uh, and, and so not that Miles Sanders isn't, but I think what we've seen with Miles Sanders is he is he is more slash. He's not power. You know, he's he's not. He can get outside. He can go. But uh, I, I, I've seen more uh, you know, one-yard stops, one-yard stops, one-yard stops from him. And I, I don't think that they're the, – the, I'm not speaking for Philly. I don't think that they're in love with that. And so you don't get another running back if you've been completely in love with your running back. I didn't see the Giants, even though Saquon's coming off an injury, didn't, they didn't get another running back. You know, and so uh, I didn't see the Titans get another running back, even though they drafted, you know, kind of someone last year, but nothing ever came of that. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not impressed with Philly in general, and I'm kind of avoiding their backfield altogether this year. Unless unless Miles Sanders drops to the third round, he's a real value for me. I'm just uh, – See, and that's where I think we differ now is that if I'm in these later rounds and I'm looking around at, at maybe somebody to stash as a running back, because I mean, if I'm in, in round 12 where he's, you know, round 12, round 13, uh, that's where I'm more willing to take a few risks because I know that I've gotten my guys because I'm a guy, I'm not a zero running back guy. Um, I don't need, I, I like, I want a Derrick Henry. And if Derrick Henry is going to sit there for me at eight, like he was in one of my best ball uh, drafts, I'm taking Derrick Henry at eight. I'm sorry. You know, you can't get me off of them. So I already had my Derrick Henry, my Aaron Jones, the guys that I know that I'm going to just lock and load. So I'm more willing to take a risk on a guy like a, a Kenneth Gainwell just to see where I'm at in those later rounds. Well, yeah. And if, if Miles Sanders gets hurt, then you have a lead into maybe, you know, an RB2. So, yeah. I mean, again, it's. I think it's worth the risk. I know he's going a lot higher than most people are comfortable with, but I think if you're, if you're already locked at running back, you can't, I don't think you can go wrong in this realm with getting a guy that could possibly be the lead back in Philly. And you alluded to this guy just before we got started with this and the guy that won't be the number one guy in Philly, but a guy that I still think is intriguing because there's so much hype around him. And it, I don't feel like it's not completely unwarranted because he does have some sort of splash factor every once in a while. I don't know. I, I maybe I'm watching the wrong games, but Boston Scott, you just talked about him. Uh, he's in that area, right? And that's another Philly running back that, that could be a pickup in that range. So, Please go on and tell me how much more you don't like Boston Scott, Scott. Yeah, and so I think the reason I don't like him is we have seen him flash. 
and we have. And, and I think what you're thinking about in general are those flash plays where he's come in and he's gone down the sideline tiptoe. I think that's the, the play I'm thinking about tiptoe down the sidelines, uh, you know, and he just looked like Darren Sproles almost uh, Darren Sproles esque, you know, um, but he hasn't been consistent. I don't know if he, he is big enough to kind of uh, carry the, the, the weight of being a, a running back. I think we saw it when uh, a couple years ago, when Miles Sanders was out, he, he, a couple of good games here and there, but he, yeah, I don't think he can handle the full load of being a running back. I think they need more than just one or two running backs there every game. I think all three of them are going to get run. I think Boston Scott's going to be more of uh, not the gadget guy, but just that guy who, you know, he gets touches here and there, uh, but I don't think that he's going to be consistent. So, uh, if somebody goes down in this backfield, it makes him a lot more uh, intriguing for me, but I think I'd rather have Gainwell just because I think there may be, I mean, maybe not, but maybe there's some, there's some touchdown upside if they do goal line work for him or, you know, where, you know, Boston Scott's not getting anything near the goal line. So, well, I think it's funny because there are folks that live and breathe fantasy football like you and I that know that Boston Scott is fool's gold on a weekly basis. I mean, obviously there's going to be weeks where he probably will win you a week and more more of a DFS, like, you know, maybe a dart throw play at DFS tournaments, right? That's the type, type of guy Boston Scott is. But there are folks that are listening to this podcast that are season-long players that don't necessarily keep up with every down and every stat. So I think it's, it's valuable for them to understand that name recognition is not always the way to go when you're drafting just because you've heard of Boston Scott and you know that you've seen on Twitter that he's had a couple of good plays doesn't necessarily translate to a full season's worth of production out of Boston Scott. No, and the games that he did kind of do something last year where he was double-digit points, he was getting receptions. And in one of them, he had a receiving touchdown. And in that same game, he had five, tar- or he had five targets, three receptions, 46 yards. And so um, he hasn't done his average in rushing yards uh, three, two, 3.8, 4.7, 4.8, 3.5. He, he doesn't have a lot. He's got one game where he had three attempts, uh, in, in week 10 against the giants. And he, he broke one, you know, he went for a long one. And said, that's, that's what he does. I think he's like little, little, little break one, but that's not really what you want for fantasy. That's like boom, boom, or bust. It's mostly bust. Absolutely. And how impressive is it that we spent three minutes talking about Boston Scott? That my friend is something yeah. that you it should be proud of. <laughs> That's probably the the longest anybody has talked about Boston Scott. Uh, All right. Speaking of which, we are going to step away for just a second, pay the bills, come back, and we're going to talk more about the the last five uh, running backs on our list. So far, I feel like this has been pretty good. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's pay some bills. Let's come back, and we'll talk some more. It's a great time to be alive because WinBet is bringing you action on real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. You can get in on all your favorite teams, all your favorite players, and your sports games. They're always, always giving out generous promos, odds, parlays. They're all happening right now at WinBet. You want to get yourself started today, and you'll actually receive a special offer up to $500 in risk-free sports betting if you happen right now. It's happening right now. So get in on it. Terms and conditions, of course, as always apply. But you can get the details right now at wynnbet.com and download the app today. Look, I get it. Nobody is perfect. Nobody has that perfect A-plus draft. Nobody gets the perfect amount of points every week in their fantasy football matchups. It's okay. Everybody has something that they are not perfect at. But look, if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, 
that also is perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there definitely are options. Just like this podcast is here to help minimize your fantasy football woes, Roman is there to help you in your bedroom woes. There are options, of course, like I said. You go to GetRoman.com right now slash SGP. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed health care professional will help you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today, connect with the doctor, and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now for $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP. Get started now. Save $15 on your first month of treatment. I'm not sure why, but if you have not yet happened to play on Underdog Fantasy, you got to check it out right now. Their fantasy best ball tournaments are some of the best around. And not to mention, they've got a Best Ball Mania 2 tournament where you can win a million dollars. That's a lot of money to win on a best ball tournament. So you want to get in on that while the getting is good. They also have a number of games involving parlay, player props, MLB, NBA, so much more. Uh, It's just a great place to be. Plus, now they also have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up. Uh, So go to get Go to get go to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGP. Don't forget to enter their best ball mania tournament where you can win one million dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGP. I see you. I know you're a sharp better. So that means you need to sign up with Odds Jam. What is Odds Jam? Well, Odds Jam does your line shopping for you, finding the best prices on all bets, including player props. Odds Jam even provides arbitrage opportunities where you can bet on both sides of a line at two different shops to guarantee a profit. That's a good guarantee. Odds Jam also tailors itself to whatever betting market you're currently in, so you can dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam. Guess what? As always, we've got something for you. Sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam. Use promo code SGP for 5% off. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam. Promo code SGP for 5% off. All right, we are back with more of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. I am joined, of course, by Scott Simpson, Scott Reichel, and we are talking about late round running backs, and we have gotten through our first five, and uh, I, I got to tell you, these next five, they they may feel a little more yucky than the first five have, uh, just because there's a lot of people on here that, well, frankly, you may not want to touch, but... Again, if we're talking deep leagues, if we're talking about you and these best ball tournaments that where you get down to the end and you really have to start making these decisions, they're going to be names where you're going to have to grab them, right? I mean, feel good or not, they're, they're going to be on your team possibly. So we're going to talk about them and hopefully make you feel a little bit better about uh, them. And somebody who may not be on a team, uh, well, he'll be on a team at some point, uh, but somebody that we don't know where he's going to be at yet, that is Todd Gurley. He spent the last season with the Falcons. He may not be on the Falcons again, uh, but is this a guy, Scott, that has a good landing spot enough to where you might want to just grab him if he's sitting there? No, no, uh, no, 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 no. So here's the problem with Todd Gurley. Let me let me read you uh, from from 
okay, the first couple weeks of the season last year, he seemed like a normal running back, right? Uh, so this is in PPR, 13.7. Okay, that's feasible. 6.1. Okay, you have a bad game. That's fine. 15.2. Great. 19.3. Oh, wow. Great. 25. Okay. At that point, you're thinking he, Todd Gurley is a normal running back. That's a, that's a normal thing. 9.7. Okay, whatever. 22.2. We're still going good. 10.6. 13.5. Okay. And now we fall off a cliff. We get Gurley Cliff. And the Gurley Cliff, the last starting week 11, 3.9, 3, 5.1, 3.4, 8, 4.5. Uh, he, he averaged down the stretch you know, around six points, under under six points per game. That's not something that you can can work with. And the amount of attempts, he, he's getting eight, eight, six, one, four, nine. He just wasn't seeing the volume. And I'm, they didn't say, they didn't come out and go, hey, Todd Gurley's hurt. I don't remember him being like injured. He's just done. That's 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 kind of my synopsis. And I, I thought that was what he was before the season. And when he came out to a hot start, I kind of ate my, my, my tongue. You know, I was like, oh man, I didn't see that coming. And then when he he tanked it i just said aha i knew it i knew he was sucking still so uh yeah i'm not going to touch todd Gurley uh unless uh unless 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 he goes to a, a team uh that just it, it has so many touchdowns on the goal line you know for example like kansas city you know maybe if he goes to kansas city then i'm picking him up because you know they they uh, ceh down the goal line their, their goal line back is is like kelsey you know or, or they're throwing it over to to you know sammy watkins on a tiny little uh you know uh, wide receiver screen so yeah I, i'm not going to be touching todd Gurley, and i i encourage you not to touch him either and he might not want you to touch him probably against the law so <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing about Todd Gurley, though, is that, uh, again, this is another one of those guys where I, I bring him up because, uh, again, when you start getting down and when you're a casual sort of uh, fantasy player that doesn't necessarily have the type of, of research capacity that, that the majority of the analysts that are on this show, uh, other than me, have, you know, you understand and you see Todd Gurley, you're like, oh, man, I remember Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was a beast. I think I'll pick him up and I think I'll put him on my roster. But little did you know that not only one may he not have a home next season so you'll be drafting a guy that uh is is going to be you know picked up off of waivers possibly or even signed and then uh who knows may not even make the team that he signs with um but yeah todd Gurley, you know if you want to i guess if you want name recognition but even still maybe in the late 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 rounds if you're really really hard up against it and you want to take a roster flyer of a guy that you can cut week one uh i think Gurley's one of those guys I think Scott's uh, Scott has my argument already made. He's good. Uh, all right, so let's move on to another crowded, and I mean absolutely crowded, getting more crowded by the day uh, backfield, and uh, that is where Elijah Mitchell finds himself. Uh, a really, just a, a, a bad situation, I think, all around. So, Scott, tell me if you are getting Elijah Mitchell, if you feel like he's a steal down there at round 14 and, and what is, what is his role going to be in this offense? So, you know, his speed is, uh, if you don't know, it's fast, it's real fast. It's, you know, 4.32 speed fast. And so, you know, I, I love that. I don't know how he's going to be used right now. I would assume uh, the, that Shanahan has a role for him in mind. I don't know if it's going to be more special teams to start with and kind of getting his bearings and then uh, rotating him in. Uh, what we have seen with, with the, in San Francisco is that they will put anybody who is on their roster at the running back position in, in their uh, line. They'll put them up because people get hurt regularly. They'll put someone in. I think their, their desire, though, is to, is to have a back. You know, whether it's Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson or 
you know, I don't know, somebody else they drafted, you know, Trey Sermon. I don't know. Uh, but uh, honestly, after this season, there's no commitment to Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson. And so you could look at an Elijah Mitchell uh, tandem with Trey Sermon in the backfield. I like that. I like that going forward. And so if, if you're drafting him, I wouldn't be surprised if Elijah Mitchell is, is on one of those guys. If you do pick him up around 14, he's on the waiver wire after a couple of weeks because he doesn't do anything. And, and he's just, you know, getting no touches or he gets a couple of touches here and there. Uh, and that's fine. But maybe by the end of the season, as, as the attrition takes its course and just as things go, he probably will get more and more opportunities. And that's how normally works for these uh, rookie running backs. And I do like if he can get into like a third down role or, or establish himself uh, kind of in that, you know, running some routes. I mean, they have Debo, you know, they have Ayuk, they have a bunch of people who kind of are hybrid running backs already. So I don't know how exactly he would be used, but you know, Shanahan likes weapons. And so he wants, he wants players he can kind of sculpt around and use. So I'm, I'm sure he'll find a way to use them. I mean, it'd be one thing if Elijah Mitchell was drafted and, and Trey Sermon wasn't taken already. Like, I mean, that it's it's one thing because Elijah Mitchell is a good player in and of its own right. But the problem was is that they grabbed Trey Sermon. And and not just that, but they signed Wayne Gallman before, or, you know, around that same time. So, I mean, listen, as a 49er fan, it's frustrating. I love running backs, but damn, I don't want all the running backs. Like, I just want one that I know, you know, is a Frank Gore guy that I'm going to be able to count on for the next 600 years uh, yeah. until he until he goes to the ground. And even Brita a couple of years ago was still kind of a breath of fresh air for the running back uh, position. But, you know, again, Elijah Mitchell, maybe not somebody I'm grabbing unless we don't talk much Dynasty on here, but Dynasty yeah. has some sort of value. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was actually thinking in Dynasty, I just drafted him. So, you know, and, and if you're in these best ball tournaments and you're in the, the 18th round, uh, you're over there on underdog, which you should be, uh, and I'm Nimble W numbers on there, so if you see me in there, you know, holler. Uh, yeah, he's not, he's not a, a terrible pick because he's got speed. He takes a couple to the house. You know, that's what you want. So we move on now to somebody who was actually a, a member of that crowded Niners backfield. We we move from one current member to a former member of the 49ers alumni in the backfield in one Tevin Coleman. Now, look, he came in with high hopes, just like every other running back so far in this Niners backfield. Didn't quite deliver uh, through injury and through all that other stuff, too. But now he goes to another situation where... I don't know if it gets much better for him over there on the Jets, does it, Scott, at all? No, no. you know what? If, if they – well, maybe if, if Carter hadn't been brought on at the end, uh, uh, you know, maybe you go there's another chance there. But I don't know. You you have uh, Pirine. You have Johnson. There's there's four running backs there now. You know, I know – I mean, Frank Gore – he, he was there last year and you know, they had to make a change and do something. And so uh, now they have four running backs who I don't know who's going to surface it. If, if Carter has uh, the green light to, to kind of get most of the carries, I, I love that for him. Uh, I don't know what, what Tevin Coleman, uh, where his role is anymore. You know, I've looked at his production, uh, you know, a couple years ago in Atlanta, he was solid. Uh, we loved him as the slash that, that, you know, PPR back. But he's his uh, diminished returns over the last couple of years. He he didn't b- barely even play last year at all uh, with his injuries, and so uh, I'm I'm not skeptical. But I think he is somebody who will probably go undrafted in in most of your home leagues, you know. And so you can wait on him if you see him popping off. You know, you see him kind of getting that attention in the offense, uh, or just listening through training camp. I think we're actually going to have training camp and some preseason uh, games this year, so you can actually kind of see how the coaches are using players and and get an understanding of 
what his role should be. Um, but he, a couple of years ago, he broke out and had two touchdowns. I think he ran all over the Carolina Panthers uh, one Sunday. And uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's not, uh, I don't think it's over completely for him, but maybe for fantasy purposes, it, it might be like the last, he circled in the fantasy drain, in my opinion. So here's where I, I'm going to land on this. And, and I know that I set it up is what, you know, uh, Tevin Coleman. But here's the thing. If he's there just before I take my kicker and my defense, I'm going to take a flyer at him because that that Jets offense has got to get better this year, right? I mean, they went out and they got themselves a franchise quarterback. I feel like they're, they're making the right moves. Tevin Coleman is the kind of guy that, you know, his past performance has been to where you can maybe count on him for a little production when you need it and maybe maybe he just needs a situation to where he can cut through and and actually re-establish himself because he never got a chance in San Francisco because not only did they bring in Tevin Coleman but they brought in Jarek McKinnon at the same time right around that same time so he's never had that opportunity I think and this is in this backfield he may have that opportunity to grab the number one job again well, he definitely has the most uh, experience out of that backfield. You know, assuming I think Frank Gore's moving on. Uh, yeah, he definitely has has everything that that the intangibles are going to need to pass on to those other guys. So, absolutely. And speaking of young backs, uh, we we move to another young back who was part of an actual uh, good tandem last season. I think it was a very productive tandem back there in the Chargers' backfield. Uh, in one Justin Jackson, who you know shared the the load with uh, Joshua Kelly. But uh, a standalone value, like, I I don't know, when I'm looking at him and I'm I'm looking at him around 13, around 14, again, before I take my kicker and my defense, um, and maybe I just want to take a chance on a guy who could win me a couple of weeks, maybe uh, a bye week fill-in. Are are we looking to Justin Jackson to do anything this season, Scott? You know, the thing that I'm concerned about is in the last two seasons, he's had 16 games played, and... Uh, that's not good because there's 32 games played. So he, he, he only was there for half. You know, I think he played seven last year, nine the year before. So there's, there's injury concerns there. I know people say, ah, you can't, it, 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 it's not even injury concerns. He's had the worst luck. He's had different injuries. So it's not like the same injury. And so, uh, you know, running back is one of those positions where you get injured more often than you do at wide receiver. You're in the trenches, you're, you're, uh, you know, bruising. And, uh, Justin Jackson is not, uh, Osnackler. Osnackler is out of the backfield. He's catching those flare passes. Also, Osnackler is like a little human ball. Like he's just a muscle bound. So he people are bouncing off of him. And Justin Jackson is not the same type of runner. I would like to see if he can be healthy. And I think if he is healthy and and uh, he takes that job from from Joshua Kelly, there there is an opportunity. Joshua Kelly, uh, my my co-host over uh, with uh, uh, on Chalk Block, Bo McBig Time, uh, he he does not like Joshua Kelly, and so. This might be Justin Jackson's last opportunity uh, to kind of show the Chargers that he is worthy of being on their roster. And this might be it. If he does not show them, this might be his last season. So uh, we'll have to kind of see how it goes. I'm not against it at all because there are going to be opportunities in the backfield. It just comes down to that Joshua Kelly situation and and who's going to get goal line work and who's going to get the the between the 20 work and how that all is going to play out. I will say, though, that if I am in a decision where this is feasible, where you're looking at a Tevin Coleman or a Justin Jackson, I'm going to lean toward the Tevin Coleman aspect of this only because I feel like you're right with Justin Jackson. Austin Eckler's too much of a guy to to deal with, whereas what we just talked about before, Tevin Coleman has an opportunity to grab that number one job if he's able to do it. But with Justin Jackson, I feel it's it's one of those things where, again, 
if you're if you're in deep in the weeds, you recognize the name because he did have some fantasy production last season that made you say, hmm. And maybe that was just the DFS player in, in some of us because there were weeks when he, you know, came in as a really cheap option and he did something good for you. Um, but I don't know from a season long perspective, if he's down there, you know, in those best ball where you're at 18, 19, you might want to have to grab him because that may be your only option on a given week. Yeah, not, not not the worst play ever. I think that the Chargers were not very efficient last year. Their line was ranked like 32nd out of 32 teams. So they're going to be much better this year. And I think that the, all the stuff they've done, bringing in Slater, they're just going to be a stronger offensive line. So not a, not a terrible pick. Not a terrible pick, but this next guy may be. And this is an opportunity where, uh, you know, where they say start all, sit all. This may be a stay away from all situation in this uh Pittsburgh Steelers backfield that just got absolutely, I don't know. There's, there's cloudy days and then there's days where the rain just won't stop. And I feel like that's where we're at in Pittsburgh's backfield. Uh, so what are we doing, Scott? And I know a lot of these names we brought up sounded yucky, but I don't know. There are some people that could be looking at these names thinking they're good. So maybe we're, we're doing them a service by uh, talking them down off the ladder. But Anthony McFarland, a lot of guys liked him. A lot of people liked him last season. Uh, just never really did hit it. So this season, should we get back on the wagon? No, 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 not at all. And I think the reason that people didn't like him is because, you know, in the NFL, you can't just do one cut and go to the house. That's just kind of not how it works. That's a college mentality, the way that college is. The hash marks in the field in college is different. You can set up the field uh, to have a wide side, a much wider side, and, and a short side. And, uh, and so, you know, McFarlane benefited from that. He's a speedster, but he's not uh, able to get between the tackles and, and move laterally and juke and, and do all those things that you need. Uh, I would say like, you know, like Jonathan Taylor does down there. He doesn't know how to do those things. It's not what, what he's gifted at. And so uh, I think they made it clear when they brought Najee Harris in this year as their first-round pick that, that they're they're not that Anthony McFarlane's terrible, but that he's not what the future is there at the running back position. And and you know, I think him and Benny Snell will still be around, but they're gonna be spelling and kind of being that garbage time, you know, either blowout or getting blown out. Uh role not somebody that you're gonna be looking at. I like you said DFS, maybe, maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, and uh, you know, unpopular opinion, but ever since Le'Veon Bell took off, I mean that that Pittsburgh backfield has just not looked the same. It hasn't had that same characteristic because whether you liked him or not, Bell really defined that Steelers offense. I mean, I know a lot of people wanted to say that it was Big Ben and everything, but look, when you had Bell being able to do what he was doing back there, it, you just there was no other there was no other player on that field that you knew other than Antonio Brown, but. You know, we all know about him. But, I mean, I even think Bell maybe outshined uh, Brown in the aspect of, of what it meant to be a stealer because he was more gritty, I think, than Brown on any given Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm not going not, not trying to kiss up to the host here, but uh, I think we, we think of uh, Le'Veon Bell as being fluid and, and water and kind of, you know, but he can still put the helmet down. He can still go down, particularly on the goal line. I just remember him being hard to, to get uh, down as he would get down there and he would do his dancing and his, his jucking and, you know, moving around, but then he would just get through those holes and, and lay it down. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm ever since Antonio Brown kind of left and, and Le'Veon Bell left, they, they've been searching for uh, like an image. And, and you think that they kind of have something going last year, 13 and Oh, 
But man, I mean, have you ever seen a, a worse 13 and 0 team in the history of the NFL? I mean, they fell apart, losing twice to the Browns in two weeks. I mean, geez, Louise, they they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs at that point. Yeah, and I don't think McFarland is a part of that future, and I don't think they think so either, especially given where they drafted and what they're looking for. So, um, all right, so uh, yay or nay? No, I think we decided no Anthony McFarland for you guys. So if, if you recognized his name last season and you're sitting there on the tail end of your draft and you're like, oh, Anthony McFarland, I remember hearing about him on ESPN. Well, don't, uh, don't buy the hype, my friends. Uh, stay away. Okay. Now, Scott R., we have come to the point of the show where you, my friend, have listened to all of our musings and have collected a pile of things to not only correct us on, but also to add your, your own personal flair. So quality control, Scott, you got five minutes on the clock uh, and it will begin right. Oh, but make sure you unmute yourself because, yeah, there you go. I just want to make sure that happened. <laughs> all right. And now. Yeah, I was keeping a tab on the unmute button, but thank you anyway. First of all, first things first, Rodrigo, you got to know your Instagram. First things first. That's where we're going to start off. Uh, you start off with an error about two seconds into the show. I'm going to have to comment about it. Uh, second of all, uh, you talked about New Orleans and how they're still not really sure what the quarterback situation is going to be there. According to some betting markets, Jameis Winston is minus 350 to start in week one. So it seems like there's a decent amount of, I'd say, favoritism towards Winston, at least according to betting markets, and maybe they have some information there. Now, looking at some specifics, uh, Scott brought up Derrick Henry's rush attempts from last year. He had 378 carries last year. He also had 19 receptions, so he had a ton of touches there. Uh, going through Marlon Mack, he did have 1,999 rushing yards in the two seasons leading up to last year. However, Mack has also never played in more than 14 games in a season. So he had a lot of injury issues throughout his entire career, especially last year when he barely played it off after getting injured in week one. Other than that, looking at Saquon Barkley, I know Scott mentioned that the Giants didn't really do much during the offseason to address running back. They did end up signing Devontae Booker. Of course, uh, Barkley's still going to be the starter, but Booker might get some touches here and there, especially if Barkley gets banged up like he has in the past couple of years. Other than that, uh, talking about Todd Gurley, uh, the brief discussion about how good he is as a potential goal lineback, maybe as a fit in Kansas City, since Le'Veon Bell now has moved on. Uh, just for reference, he had at least nine rushing touchdowns in five of his first six seasons with the Rams. I know injuries have kind of derailed his career, but he has still been pretty good on the goal line, especially even with Atlanta last year. That was really the only thing he did well, because he averaged less than four yards per carry, but it was still pretty good by the red zone. Other than that, I uh, talked about Elijah Mitchell's role with the 49ers uh, running back depth chart. We mentioned everybody, but just to be a little bit more organized, the running backs in order, Mostert, Wilson, Gallman, Sermon, and Mitchell. So I'm not sure if Mitchell right now is the RB5 on the depth chart, but it looks that way, especially if he's going to be competing with Sermon for that, I'd say, prominent rookie spot on the depth chart. Now we'll get Tevin Coleman. Uh, we talked about how bad he was last year, but just for the actual numbers, he only played in eight games. Only had one start, 28 carries for 53 rushing yards, which is equivalent to 1.9 yards per attempt. Not very good there. Uh, for Justin Jackson, uh, Scott mentioned that he has played in seven games last year, nine games the year prior. He actually flipped it, played in nine games last year, seven, two years ago. Uh, plus, you mentioned the Chargers improving the offensive line by drafting Slater. However, you also did not mention that they signed Corey Lindsley in free agency to a five-year deal, and he is now the highest-paid center in the league. And last but not least, we talked about Le'Veon Bell. 
uh, as a goal line back, and I was usually pretty good in short yard situations. He had at least seven rushing touchdowns in four of his five seasons in Pittsburgh, just to touch upon how good he is as a goal line back, but that's all I have. Wow. And with a minute 56 to spare, man, Scott comes in and nails it. Uh, quality control. Scott, what do you think? Uh, Scott S., what do you think? That, that was good quality control, I, yeah? I loved it. Oh, man, he's all over it. And I like how he was adding to it as well and giving some specifics. And uh, that 9-7 botch. Oh, never live it down. And that's the last time we are guests on this show together. <laughs> Uh, man um, alright well that will do it for the show Scott uh, both Scott's thank you Scott R for your uh, again the game keeps getting upped with this quality control I just want everybody that's going to be a quality control on the show to understand that the game continues to be upped every time a new one comes on so uh, I love it and of course the, the guest game is always on point Scott I just cannot thank you enough for joining me on this show because like I said man you uh, you are the golden ring anymore you're all over the place that beard is beautiful uh, you are beautiful so why don't you tell everybody where they can find your beautifulness on the internet oh man thank you so much I appreciate it you can find me on Twitter at nimble w numbers on on the internet at nimblewnumbers.com I'm also the FF millionaires on Twitter the fantasy millionaires on the interwebs as on the internet. Uh, and then I've got a show on Monday at 10 o'clock, the fantasy millionaires on the worldwide sports radio network. And then I have a show at 8 PM on Thursday. The fantasy football hot stove is on fan team advices network. And then I have a Friday show called chalk blocked. And that is with Bo McBig time and Jordan Vanek. And that is on the worldwide sports radio network. And, and, and so they're all fantasy football related. I mean, that's what they are. They're just fantasy, 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 fantasy. I'm addicted. I love it. I can't get enough. My wife hates it. And uh, she's here now. I'm sure she knows I'm podcasting. This is, by the way, this is the, the most I've ever podcasted, podcasted in a week. This is number eight for me this week. So I'm wrapping up number eight. And uh, I'm excited that it was with you because this is one of the, the first, like I said, the first podcasts I've ever been on. And we've kept in touch. We followed each other on Twitter. We like each other. We were, we're able to, to kind of support each other so it's really cool to come on and end my week it's one of my best weeks ever with you sir i appreciate it ron well i appreciate it too as i hit every microphone in there trying to be scott r why don't you go ahead and give everybody a plug on where they can find you on the internet as well so if you want to reach me you can find me at rice radio on twitter and i'm also going to be doing a lot of editing for the sports gambling podcast and arc whether if you're watching the nba gambling podcast and will be gambling podcast or even the golf gambling podcast usually my fingerprints are all over it SGPN doing it all and Scott is on board now and I can't wait for the rest of the I just can't wait for the future this is going to be awesome Scott thanks for joining us Scott thanks for joining us you thanks for joining us thanks for listening to the sports gambling podcast network fantasy football podcast it's been a blast once again we'll see you guys next week <laughs>